Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. I am your co-host, Austin. (laughs) Today, we have a really sad, horrible story for you. But before we get into it, let's let's shout out some Patreons. Let's go. Bring it. All right. We've got Heather Reed. Heather, bring the fire. Heather Godel. Heather's bring the fire. (laughs) Sharon Cook. What's up, Sharon? Aaron. No last name. Hello, Aaron. No last name. Taylor McRae. Okay. Heather Albert. Heather. So coming in Heathers. hot on the Heathers. We got a lot of Heathers. Yeah. Melissa Frederici. Okay, cool name. Erica Miller. Dope. Ashley Amberger. Awesome. And Alexis Dickerson. And Heather. And another Heather. No, I'm just kidding. There's no more Heathers. But that was a lot of Heathers for nice. just one quick. We just all of a sudden got a bunch of Heathers. Yep. Go Heather. Very cool. Today's episode is recommended by Jenny Myers. She sent us a message on our uh, mamamystery.com request form where you can fill out a form to request a case. I get messages all the time. That is the best place to, to request an episode. I can keep them all straight that way. So thank you so much for your recommendation. Today we are talking about the case of Paris Bennett. Can I just say real quick that it's mind-blowing to me that all these people get excited to come listen to this sad story. I know. And if Um, it wasn't for, you know, me getting to listen to my hot-ass wife tell me a true crime story, mm -hmm. don't think I'd really be interested well, you're not alone. I feel like this is definitely a, a female-dominated field. You know, it's for sure definitely an audience of mostly women. So, you know, we got to keep ourselves safe. Let's go from you monsters. Come on, <laughs> come on, Cherry Papini. <laughs> she was just a liar. Well, she was a monster. Listen, we have so many stories of women who have committed crimes. So I. I, you know, got nothing. I got nothing. All right. Today we're talking about the case of Paris Bennett, but to understand the full picture, we must start, I believe, just a little further back with Paris's grandparents. So this story begins in the 70s in Cobb County, Georgia, just northwest of Atlanta, with James Robert Bennett and his ex wife, Kyla Bennett. Kyla and James, who also went by the name of Bob, They had a confusing relationship. They'd both been married multiple times before, and they got together, and they had a daughter named Charity. Neither of them really came from much, but together they built an empire within the world of trucking. This empire provided them with the life of luxury, including a white Rolls Royce, lots of trips to Vail and Fort Lauderdale and Miami. They partied in the hot spots in Buckhead, which I know you're familiar with that area. Buckhead, Atlanta, booming. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan, but a lot of people love it. Really? Why aren't you a fan? I just It's too many people. Oh, because like, it's just so populated. Oh, it's, it's like... 
people on top of people on top of people on top of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it was in the 70s, if it was maybe a little less developed mm-hmm. than it is now, but... It's popping though. Everything you can ever imagine is there. You want to shop, you want to eat, you want any kind of cuisine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Buckhead Atlanta. Yeah. It's where all it's where a bunch of stars are. Yeah. Like, it's it's intense. And I bet it was popping in the seventies. Oh, for sure. And um I, I think that's where like the nightclubs, the big nightclubs were too at the it, time. So it, they were there a lot. Atlanta is the busiest airport in the world for like I don't know, like a decade or two. I I, I hate flying into Atlanta. That's crazy. I just would never guess that. Atlanta, big, uh, of all places. Yeah. But anyway, um, they you know spent a lot of time in Buckhead, and she, uh, Kyla, had enough shoes and diamonds to make even a Kardashian green with envy. They lived in this beautiful mansion within the Atlanta Country Club Estates, worth nearly six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which would be today's value. But it was a beautiful home. And although Bob founded the Bob Bennett Trucking Company, it's literally called the Bob Bennett Trucking Company, Kyla was the president and managed the company. So as the company grew and they made more and more money, Bob would go out and just live it up while Kyla worked day, night, and weekends to keep the business running. He started seeing multiple other women, taking them on trips with him to Miami and Vail. And I mean, he was he was philandering with multiple women. Trying to be like Dan Bilzerian. Yes, exactly. And eventually, he and Kyla split up. And Kyla took over the business and the ownership of their home with their daughter, Charity. But they wouldn't stay apart for long. Even though Bob proposed to his girlfriend, Betty Forth, with a two-carat diamond ring in December of 1979, he and Kyla stunned everyone when they got remarried just a few months later in Vegas on March 9th of 1980. While he was engaged? He was engaged to Betty, his longtime girlfriend, and then he was divorced from Kyla but he remarried Kyla just a few months later. That's pretty wild. So according to Betty, the girlfriend, she was aware that Bob was going to remarry Kyla, but I guess he had convinced her that it was the only way he could regain control of the business and ownership of their home. So he had this like plan in mind, right? But after the Vegas nuptials, she was taken aback when Bob told her that she had to vacate the condominium that he had purchased for her by March 12th, or she would be forcibly removed. So, I don't know. Bob's not not the best guy. Bob's playing games. Bob's playing a lot of games. And then just two days after Bob and Kyla were remarried in Vegas, Bob was murdered in the foyer of that mansion in the country club. No way. By who? I don't know. He'd been shot in the head, heart, and twice in the back with a three fifty seven Magnum. It wouldn't take long for Cobb County police to believe that they had enough evidence for prosecutors to prove that Kyla caused her husband's death, even if she wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. They believed that Kyla conspired with a former employee of the trucking company named Clarence Jerome Phillips to kill Bob for a $100,000 insurance policy and also over his philandering. Kyla, who was only 29 years old at the time, was arrested a month after the murders, but she was eventually tried and acquitted later that June. Had she not been acquitted, she could have faced the death penalty, leaving six-year-old Charity without either parent. Hmm. So Charity's childhood was a bit 
neglected by her mom. Kylie was very selfish, and she even admits that she had a life besides just being Charity's mom, and Charity wasn't about to hold her back from living that life. And she even made a comment like, you know, Charity um, had a hard time with me not giving her all my attention, and she required a lot of it. Well, yeah, she's your daughter, and, you know, kids typically do want attention from their parents. Mm -hmm. It's not really that groundbreaking. But she admitted that Charity was always cared for, and she just, but she just wasn't around a lot. Mm-hmm. So Kyla eventually remarried to what Charity said was a piece of shit who had a thing for beating up women and old men. So by the age of 16, Charity moved out of her, her mom's house and moved in with her boyfriend. It was also at the age of 16 that Charity tried using heroin for the first time. The moment that she tried it, she knew she was hooked. She did it every single day after that, sometimes mixing it up with cocaine or ecstasy, weed, or mushrooms. And at one point, her addiction got so bad, she was down to only 90 pounds, and she had an abscess on her arm that nearly threatened the need for amputation. So when she went to her mom begging her for help, she begged her mom to put her into a treatment facility. But Kyla told her she was just going through a phase and that she was weak. Oh, my goodness. So this... This chick's in the grip. Mm-hmm. So Charity was able to get into a rehab on her own, and she got clean, but she was miserable. She was a sophomore in college when she became pregnant with her son, Paris. Props to her for getting clean. Yes. I mean, that is not easy. That's insane, yeah. Especially to do it on your own, and when you're that young. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's really, really hard. So she became pregnant with her son, Paris, and that pregnancy kind of renewed her sense of purpose by giving her something or someone to live for. Now, Paris's dad wasn't involved in his life. He suffered from paranoid schizophrenia, which they learned when Paris was two, that he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, and he had audible and visual hallucinations. When Paris was little, it was obvious to Charity and Kyla that something was a little off with Paris. He wasn't very sociable or affectionate. And when he was three years old, they were visiting Charity's mom's house in North Carolina. So they were at Kyla's ranch. And it rained a lot. And when it rained a lot, all these frogs would just come out. Mm-hmm. And Paris went around the yard, collected about 15 frogs and put them in a bucket And then he went up to their deck, which was like 30 feet off the ground, and just started throwing the frogs off the deck, and it was hitting the concrete below. Mm. And he said, he told his mom that he just liked listening to the sound their bodies made when they hit the ground. Oh, that's a really evil undertone thing to say from a three-year-old. That is a red flag. You know, they always talk about like red flags with serial killers and how one of the biggest red flags is them harming animals and how they eventually, you know, evolve into hurting people, Mm -hmm. but definitely a red flag. Mm -hmm. So Paris's childhood was spent between charity and Kyla's houses, but Paris was used to being the center of attention. And that all changed when charity became pregnant with her second child, a daughter that she named Ella. Charity tried to make things work with Ella's dad, but he had some serious issues with alcohol. One night, he got pulled over by a cop while he was driving drunk, and when the cop came up to his window, I guess just as he was approaching the vehicle, he might have like leaned into the vehicle or something. I'm not really sure how the physics of this happened, but 
Right as he reached into the vehicle, Ella's dad drove off, dragging the police officer for about 75 feet before the officer had to shoot him in the leg to get him to stop. So Charity ended up leaving Ella's dad after that and just never looked back. She became a single mom to Paris and Ella, sometimes working two jobs at a time so that she could support her little family. But they really never wanted for much. They were still comfortable. And as Paris got older, it became evident that he was extremely smart. He was eventually given an IQ test and scored 142, which is genius level. How do you get an IQ test? Do you know? Man, I don't even want to. I don't know how you actually get a legit IQ test, but I took one online. (laughs) I don't know how you do it, but I did one. You're so full of shit. (laughs) No, I think the ones online are just full of shit. You actually have to go to like a legit place. Tell me what you scored, Kelly. 138. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're definitely a smart girl. There's no question about it. I don't know about IQ level genius. But you're definitely a smart Take girl. Take it back. You're definitely a smart girl. <laughs> okay. I am very smart. I could be a genius. Definitely could be, yeah. Let's keep going. Anyway. So at home, Paris was making What do you some... think I would score? <laughs> well, after that comment, I'm going to guess about 116. Is that... Where's that rank? Lower than mine. All right. Anyway. So at home, Paris was not making very good choices. And, uh, for example, when Ella was barely able to stand, Charity happened to catch him on video putting his arm around her neck like he was going to put her in a chokehold. But it appeared that he was kind of just playing with her, maybe roughhousing a little bit, like sometimes kids do. But another video showed Paris in their kitchen one night, and he's just kind of walking around asking mundane questions. And then he asks Charity, what's the worst sentence someone could say? Or something along those lines. And she's like, I don't know. And he said, how about kill Charity's kids? What? And Charity was like, Paris, what is wrong with you? Like, you could tell she was just stunned and kind of disgusted with like, why would that come into your brain? probably freaked out because that's eerie and weird. Yes, yes. But Paris was not always making comments like this. He adored Ella. When Charity was pregnant with Ella, Paris was really unhappy about it. And I think he knew this baby was going to take attention away from him. But after Ella arrived, he was obsessed. He would pick out her outfits. He played with her. He was very protective of Ella. When Paris was 10 and Ella was a baby, Charity started organizing and promoting concerts. Between the rock and roll atmosphere, late nights, and partying, Charity fell back into her addiction. She started doing cocaine and occasionally meth, and her addiction spiraled out of control, and Paris ended up having to step up and kind of take care of Ella when his mom was using. It took her half a year to get clean, but by the time she did, Paris was holding a lot of resentment towards Charity. So Charity's business promoting and organizing concerts eventually failed, so she started working at Buffalo Wild Wings. And on the night of February 4th of 2007, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and the Colts were dominating the Bears. Charity was working late to cover the Super Bowl, so she enlisted a babysitter to come and watch the kids while she was at work. Shortly after midnight, police showed up at Buffalo Wild Wings and asked to speak to Charity. And she greeted them at the front, and they told her she needed to come with them. Her daughter was in an accident. She was hurt pretty bad. And Charity told officers to bring her to them. 
She wanted to see her, but they told her, you can't go. She's dead. Mm. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've been worrying about a health problem you have. Maybe it's a persistent headache or your eye won't stop randomly twitching throughout the day. So you almost resort to texting your group chat to get your friends' opinions, or even worse, you search your symptoms on Google. But there's a better way to get real medical advice that doesn't include the anxiety-inducing Google machine or a well-meaning group chat, and that is ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their area. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care you need. Go to ZocDoc.com mystery and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mystery. ZocDoc.com slash mystery. Now back to the show. So on the night of February 4th, 2007, dispatchers in Abilene received the following 911 call. Abilene 911. Hello? Abilene 911, go ahead. I, 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 actually, I actually killed somebody. You think you killed somebody? No, I know I did. My sister. Okay, where's your sister now? She's in the bed. Is she breathing? No, I I feel so messed up. Okay, calm down, okay? I want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what's your sister's name? Her name is Ella. Ella Bennett. How old is Ella? Four. She's four years old? How old are you? Thirteen. Is she bleeding anywhere? Yeah, she's bleeding all over the bed. Because I stabbed her. What did you stab her with? A knife. Okay, where'd you stab her? Um, Lots of places. Okay, Paris, where's the knife? It's on the bed with her. I didn't mean to. I, was I, I know, Paris. Okay, I want you to stay calm for me, okay? Okay, what, listen to me. Paris? I woke up, and I was hallucinating. You were hallucinating? And, yes, and I got my sister with a demon, and I killed her. I want you to start CPR, okay? What I want you to do is take her off the bed. And no, her- I know for a fact that she's dead because well, I... Do you want to go ahead and try? It might still help, Okay. No, I, I don't think it'll help because... Come on, Paris, work with me. I know I stabbed her lots of times. Okay. Paris? Yes? Take her off the bed and put her on the floor. Okay, hold on. Please don't hang up. I'm not hanging up on you. I thought she was a demon. Okay. Okay, she's on the floor, but I can't stay here because she's all bloody and Paris? What I want you to do is I want you to put your hands on her chest, mm-hmm. okay? And I want you to push 30 times. I want you to count. Okay. All the way to 30, and then blow two breaths in her mouth, okay? Okay. One. 
While Charity was at work, Paris schemed and convinced the babysitter to leave so that he could harm his sister without any intrusion. Ella was asleep in her bed when Paris went into the room and beat Ella. He choked her, punched her, and stabbed her a total of 17 times. There was also semen found on Ella's body and on her bed, which was later found to be from Paris. It was also later discovered that just prior to the attack, Paris had consumed a ton of violent pornographic material, including S&M, bondage, and sadism. Holy shit. After he killed Ella, he called a friend from school and chatted with this friend for like six minutes before he finally hung up and called 911. And This changes everything I was feeling when I was listening to it. I mean, I felt terrible. It's like this kid hallucinating, like, oh, my God. And you hear all that, and you're like... And when he was counting, Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be performing CPR. He had set the phone down and was just walking around the room, counting out loud. He wasn't helping Ella. He was just saying that because he knew that's what the dispatcher wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. At first, as we heard on that 911 call, Paris claimed that he killed his sister because of a hallucination he was having that made her appear as a pumpkin-headed demon on fire. However, later he admitted that he had planned the attack on his little sister and revealed not only did he want to kill her, but he also planned to murder his mother, but changed his plan once he realized how much work it actually took to kill somebody. He also admitted that he did this because he just wanted his mother to suffer. He knew that the surefire way to do that was for her to lose her kids, one to murder and one to prison. When Charity went to prison to visit her teen son, he said, you're right, I did kill her. Even while in prison, he continued trying to hurt her by saying things like, by the way, I enjoy watching your pain. Holy shit. When Charity confronted Paris about the semen found at the scene, Paris became enraged. Every time she would go visit Paris, Paris would sit there just very stone cold. It was chilling. It was like looking into his eyes and there was just nothing. But when she brought up the fact that semen was found on her and she knew that Paris sexually molested her in some way, whether she was alive or dead, he became enraged. After the incident, she wrote in her journal that she brought it up to him and he, quote, slammed the table into me, pinning me against the concrete wall behind me. He cut off my air. I was in shock, paralyzed. I thought I was going to die there. Then he pulled the table back. I caught my breath and he slammed it into me again, end quote. This was the first time Charity saw firsthand just the dangerous rage that her son was capable of. Before this, I think it was just mostly comments and, you know, maybe being rough with Ella, but not anything that she was truly concerned about. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone kind of knew there was something a little bit off about him, but he was still very smart and he still was very protective of Ella. So I don't think anyone, you know, expected chaos. Yeah, anticipated that this would happen. 
Now, despite everything that Paris has put her through, Charity still stands by him. She hates what he did, and after the murder, she expressed hatred for Paris in her journal. But she worked through the grief and trauma of what happened and found her way back to loving her son unconditionally. That's mind-blowing. I'm not like the most compassionate person in the world. If I need to shut somebody out of my life, then I'll just snap my fingers and do it. Like, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And I sound really cold when I say that. Everybody's different, okay? So I, the people I care about, I obviously don't do that. Mm -hmm. But, like, I would be done with somebody like that, period. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll kind of go into a conversation once we're done with this episode, but I do want to talk about it at the end because I've thought about this multiple times. I've been writing this story all week. I've been working on it all week, every single day. So it's been, it's been on my mind constantly. How would I react in this situation? So we'll touch on that at the end. But in 2012, Charity gave birth to another son who she named Phoenix. And she allows Paris to speak to Phoenix, despite being warned that she should really move far away, change her and Phoenix's name, names to protect them from Paris if or when he ever gets out of prison. So Paris is currently serving a 40-year sentence at the Ferguson unit of the Texas State Prison. He will be eligible for parole in 2027, but that does not mean he will get out in 2027. And honestly, I hope he doesn't. However, he ultimately has to be released by 2047, and he'll be about 53 years old by the end of his sentence. In an interview with Pierce Morgan, Paris said, quote, For many years, there was just this hot, flaming ball of wrath in the pit of my stomach, and it was directed at my mother. And one of the reasons why I chose to kill my sister and not someone else is because I knew that by doing that, I could hurt my mother in the worst possible way, because I had always known as a child that the most devastating thing to my mother would be the loss of one of her children, and I found a way to take away both her children in one fell swoop. Yes, I did commit a monstrous crime, but does that one mistake define my entire life? I don't think it does. I do. And I think Um, it's evil. Yes. I think he is evil. He is a psychopath. I think... It's Satan. It's very easy to recognize it when you're looking at interviews of him. And even just the way he looks now. I mean, the the difference in the way he looked as a kid... I'll post these pictures to our Instagram and our Patreon, and you'll be able to see it on our social media if you want to see what he looks like. But there's pictures of him with Ella when, when he was a little younger, and Ella was like maybe two... And he just looks like a perfectly normal kid. And then you look at him now and it's like, he looks scary. His eyes are just black. Like there's no soul behind those eyes. And he doesn't talk with any kind of emotion. He's just very flat and he doesn't seem to express regret or remorse or anything. I mean, it is chilling to watch these interviews. So in 2017, Paris interviewed for the documentary about his family called The Family I Had, which you can find on Investigation Discovery, um, probably on Amazon too. It's interesting. But he did say, quote, I chose to do my crime and I take full responsibility for my crime. And I wouldn't say there was a predisposition to what happened. I'm not insane and I don't suffer from any mental illness, end quote. But who's to say that that's true? The prison system does not allow much for rehabilitation, nor does it care much about mental health or treating mental health, diagnosing mental health. 
Paris entered into that system when he was 13, and he has spent his adolescence locked up, and he'll spend his adulthood, or at least most of it, there too. So I don't know. I Who's to say that he's not clinically a sociopath? And even if he was there for forever and got out at 50, whatever, like total Shawshank redemption. The guy has no business being... In society, he wouldn't know how to function. He wouldn't know how to. You know function. what I'm talking about when I say Shawshank Redemption. Yes, but I this I, I think of them very differently because of his right. Violence. No, I'm. Yeah, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm just saying though. the concept of you're there all your life. You're going to commit a crime to go back because yeah, it's you, all you know. It's all you know. You wouldn't know how to operate in the real world if you went to prison at 13 years old, mm-hmm. got out at 50 something. I can't imagine you would know how to operate in the real world and be a contributing member of society. No, and how do you like? Keep that violent, like you don't know how to cope with your violent tendencies, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're thrust into a new world and just expected to, you know, carry on on your own. I mean, I know there's like halfway houses and there's things that kind of ease you back in, but you know, I mean, those might 13? work. Yeah, as I was saying, when you're a kid and you go in, you don't ever have a parent, like, that's a crazy situation. Yeah. So, Charity has said, quote, What I know about my son is this he is sick. He couldn't care less that he sexually assaulted and murdered Ella. He has a dark side that is dormant right now, but my son is dangerous. Under the right conditions, I truly believe he will and could kill again with as little compunction about it as he has for what he did to Ella. I know he will experience those conditions on a regular basis once he is sent to prison. I sincerely hope he does not have to kill again because Texas has no concern for human rights. End quote. So Charity created the Ella Foundation in 2007 to help those affected by violence, mental illness, and the criminal justice system. She wrote a book called How Now Butterfly about everything she went through during the death of her daughter and the incarceration of her own son for committing the heinous acts against his own sisters. And she also does speaking engagements. The book, which I did read, um, is mostly compiled of her journal entries, and so... Mm -hmm. It takes you from the day it happened up until she kind of seems to make a little more peace with it and try to rehabilitate the relationship she had with her son. It's interesting that it's written in journals, so it's like an inside into her head. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's definitely the most vivid way you could possibly tell this story because when you go through something traumatic, I think it's hard to remember the details, you know, further down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But I also know that she struggled with her relationship with her mom throughout that whole ordeal also. Kyla tried to sue Charity for custody of Paris, tried to sue her for money that Paris told Kyla Charity was stealing from him while he was in prison. And so Paris wrote her letters, wrote Charity letters, saying that he wanted to have her rights as a parent terminated, and he wanted Kyla to take over. So when I started this episode and I said, I think it goes back to the grandparents, I think that Kyla has a little bit of culpability in how this has all played out too. I think it's a a mixture of a lot of things. I don't think there's only one sole person to blame for how Paris turned out. Mm -hmm. I think... The fact that his father is a, is sick, his mom was addicted to drugs for a long time, and also had a really difficult upbringing 
his grandmother, Kyla, was accused of killing somebody or having someone killed. And some people, including Charity, believe that she she is guilty, even though she was acquitted. They think that she did have something behind it because they never did find who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that Kyla raised Charity, I, I just think there's so many different pieces to this puzzle. I agree with you completely. I also think to be that evil, you were born that For way. Sure. So like you all, you've talked about it many times, like born bad versus like brought up bad. Yeah. Or whatever. Nature versus nurture. Yeah. That's, that's a factor here too. I can't help but think, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's why I mentioned his dad because his dad is diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. And so I wonder if any of those traits pass down to Paris and they just are un- undiagnosed. I mean, obviously I'm not a doctor, but one has to wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the death of her daughter, Charity started associating Ella's memory with butterflies because that was the last thing that Ella painted while she was in school. It was a picture of a butterfly. And she has chosen to forgive her son and accept him for who he is. She said, quote, my son is a psychopath. I can't help him. That may not matter in the long run. What may matter is I can't, not at this point, give up on him. I love my firstborn with as much intensity as I have since the day I found out I was pregnant with him. No way. End quote. She also said that she's setting an example for Phoenix as, as and, you know, an example of how unconditional love and forgiveness looks and behaves. That's mind-blowing. Is she, so is she doing well? Like she's not having drug issues or anything? As far as I know. So I, I tried to look back on some of her social media, but it's only as recent as a couple of years. Um, so I haven't seen any recent updates. The last I heard too was that Kyla, her mom, had cancer. So I was trying to find any kind of updates, but I wasn't able to find any. Um, I think she still stands by Paris and you know, keeps in contact with him and allows Paris to speak to Phoenix over the phone. Phoenix can't visit the jail because of the nature of Paris's crime, that it was committed against a child. Mm-hmm. Children can't visit him. But, um, you know, Phoenix was born with a rare heart condition and required surgery right after he was born. And Paris cried over the phone when he was told that. And he said something about uh, something along the lines of feeling bad that Charity was going through that because she had already been through enough and now she has another child that's, that's suffering. Crazy. But I'm like, I don't believe you. I I don't I don't know. You know, I have a son, and I'm trying to imagine how I would feel if I were in Charity's shoes. And everybody is different. Everybody grieves differently. You know, to each their own. I cannot relate to forgiving someone or finding forgiveness mm-hmm. to still have them in my life, knowing what they did to my daughter. Thousand percent. So, you know, maybe you can forgive them so that you can move on and you're not holding on to that resentment. I don't even but know how you do that. Good, like I, I don't, I, I'd be able to, to do that. I don't know that I would either. Knowing that my daughter was sexually assaulted and tortured yeah. by the hands of her own brother, no. I I just don't know that I'd be able to. Yeah, I know that I wouldn't be able to do that. We're on the same page there. That's yeah, wild. and I think it's interesting. Whenever I, um, whenever I posted about uh, Tristan Bailey and Aiden Fucci, so I, I on TikTok I posted a video about Aiden Fucci's mom helping him try to conceal what he had done to Tristan Bailey, which was stab her like over a hundred times, mm-hmm. and he had bloody jeans, and the mom was seen on camera trying to wash the bloody jeans in a sink. So she was charged with 
um, tampering of some sort, some sort of tampering with evidence, obstruction of justice, something like that. And I asked people, how far would you go to protect your son from, you know, knowing that he did something heinous to another human being? What did people say? Most people said that they would not help their child if they knew he murdered somebody. But there were some people... Thank God we're in that place where most said that. Yeah, but some people came out and said, that's my child. I would do whatever I had to do. And I'm just like, wow. That's crazy. That's a problem. Yeah. Man, see, if those type of people, those type of people aren't listening to us, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think, but those are the type of people who go to the parent-teacher conference and the teacher tells them, hey, your kid is disruptive and he misbehaves and he's mean to other kids. And the parent's like, no, I don't think so. Not my Devin. (laughs) I mean, I just pulled a name out of thin air, so no offense to any Devin. But, like, come on, you need to take some accountability here for your child or you at least need to make your kid take some accountability. It's those parents that are breeding you know, the bad seeds. Yeah. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, that's my opinion for what it's worth. I'm sticking to it. Well, good job, babe. That was a sad story. I'm really sorry. Charity sounds like a resilient chick. I mean, everything she's been through and then she writes a book and overcomes addiction a couple times. Like, Yeah, and is, you know, trying her best to keep her daughter's memory memory alive through this foundation. And um, I can't imagine being in her shoes for even a minute. And Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't want to be. I... My heart goes out to her for that, and I just, God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Anything else? Um, Join us tomorrow for headlines. Ooh. You got a positive story? I'm going to get one. Mama. (laughs) Mystery. Out. Bye.